Welcome back to the State of Legacy. We're here for our eighth cast, is it? Yeah, um, eighth cast. Um, with me, uh, well, I'm David Schakowsky, and with me we have... Sydney. And, and Daniel Espinoza, or SB. So, um, I guess since you were the last one to talk, what's new with you, SB? Well... Uh, not much. I mean, still living in this pandemic. Um, but well, actually, like, I mean, times. we got a lot going on with this group, right? Like, your birthday was the other day. Yeah. Happy uh, birthday. Happy thank birthday. you. Happy thank birthday. you. And then you're getting married. In, a, in like, less than four days. Wow. Yeah, and, and both these guys that are joining me on the cast are coming to a wedding, and that's badass. Hell yeah. Good. We're actually going to do a... Sydney, this is... You didn't know about this, but David and I already planned it. We're going to do a wedding edition cast. We're actually going to do a podcast at your wedding. Oh, sure. As long as it's before, and we're just hanging out in the groom band suite. Well, the priest is going to come on and be a guest. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. a story for us. Yeah. Your, your, your new wife will share her thoughts on the current legacy meta. So. <laughs> um, and her ideas of like where I spend my money and magic and how. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've done it right, she doesn't know how you spend your money. Oh, well, she has no idea where this money comes from. Right. She sees Isn't that like one of the biggest fears if like you pass on somehow and whatnot and your wife actually sells your magic collection for what you say it's worth at like a garage sale <laughs> no like I, I tell her what it's worth and she just like sell the shit buy me a new ring Give she's me like me sell it now <laughs> yeah. I want a bigger ring yeah this sell thing's it. worth what five hundred dollars why is it in this folder I'm like because yeah. I like it when was the last time you paid with it I don't know maybe a few years but there's <laughs> there's hope that like there's gonna be a reprint or a new card that comes out right. see once they print this one card with this mechanic this that they've never up. printed before. Yeah. We're going we're to make it, we're going to make dollars. We're going to clear, how, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, not, not too much has been going on with me. Um, I think we we're going to talk about it a little bit, but Mana Traders uh, has gr- gifted us another month. So November is Legacy Month. Yeah, I heard that. And uh, I think you have till the 17th to qualify. So you got it's nine days, fun. guys. You got nine days, guys. Because right now it is... Sunday the eighth of November. So, so. Yeah, nine days, guys. Um, but other than that, you know, we've here in Arizona, we just had the uh, whole election thing, which we're not going to talk uh, about too much. But uh, so I, I, here and there, yeah. um, I have a new plant that grows on my window still. Okay. Oh, green green mana is yeah, now uh, yes. a thing in Arizona. It is land legal because of the uh, Prop Twenty? Thank Was God. it two hundred seven? Two hundred seven. Two hundred seven. Sorry. Like, yeah. thank God, everybody. Is okay with that. Like we have like cleared that hurdle. Yeah. Really cool. And in Arizona, it is now the wild, wild west. Right? <laughs> you can have For real concealed carry and smoke weed at the same time. It's it, crazy. I think it's the only state. And God bless Arizona. <laughs> crazy, but yeah, no, it's, been a, it's been an interesting week with the election and all that stuff. It's good that it's like I think for the most part done. I know there's gonna be some recounts and some other weird shit going on, but yeah. Overall, it's been interesting, and then, you know, we have Mana Traders now. Uh, what have you been up to, David? Uh, so, I honestly, this Mana Traders event kind of blew over my head. I'm kind of happy you guys are telling me about it, because I've just been kind of in work mode, um, working a lot at the airport. They fixed our schedule, so we don't just sit there, but um, it's just kind of a lot of work, a little leagues here and there. Um, I've been having trouble with Ant as of late because there's just tough matchups everywhere you look. But I do see an Ant list 5-0 uh, some leagues every once in a while. So like, I still have faith in the deck, but I'm having trouble with it. What um, would it take for you to play Tess? It's such a, like, it's definitely a good deck. And I think, like, 
it has its place in the meta, but it's just like a completely different deck. It's like asking, I don't know, a Goblins player, what would it take for you to play Miracles? Like It's that different? I, I feel like it's a completely different deck. I, I, I would, like, is it like play, asking a Goblins player to play Humans? Or slivers, or maybe another tribe. Maybe deck? more yeah. in that genre, more like a goblins player getting asked to play death and taxes. I can see that too. Controlling decks, yeah. Yeah, but like, and sure, it has its quick finishes, but it's made to win the long game. Tess is made to win the short game, and made to win that short game very, very Quickly. efficiently and well. Let me ask you this though, like, because we played a couple games of in paper legacy prior to the cast. Yes. And you did a turn one Agapo's, like, Tez kind of Yeah, play? yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, I'll you, have to take splashes from Tess's gameplay for certain matchups. Like, the ones that are going to lock me out of the game really quick. I just have to nut out something really quick and hope that's enough. And for the listeners out there, you didn't win that matchup. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Eight goblins on turn one was not good yeah, enough. Not good, not good enough. Uh, ensnaring bridge off a of Karn and LED, and, and yeah, you're just gonna sit there until they play the lattice, and you can play more turns, but like you're not gonna win. Yeah, yeah, that's no, it's 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 interesting, man. I, um, I kept trying to convince you to echo, but for some reason, <laughs> yeah. you did not want to echo. <laughs> did not want to echo at all, because uh, then I die to the goblins. Uh, who knows? You could have got something really good off echo. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, what about you, Sydney? What are you up to? Well, obviously the wedding's coming up in a couple of days, so that's like taking up much of my time. After the wedding, I will invest a lot more time into the Mana Traders event. Um, going to be playing more of that Blue Red Delver. I did buy into like the Tier 1 deck of Blue Red Delver that's like showing some top 8 finishes, so nice. get some better <clears throat> play in that, some more wins, and uh, excited to play that. Um, other than that, just... Excited for that that wedding day. Exciting. And Sydney actually shared with us that there will be llamas at his wedding. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we're at, like, since this wedding is like the, the round two. Round one was in uh, at the start of the pandemic in March. And literally three days before the wedding, it all got canceled because in the state of Arizona, everything got locked down. So we had to postpone it until this month. And we got a, a refund plus of a forty percent off, and with that extra cash on the uh, the discount of the wedding, we got some llamas that are going to go into our cocktail hours so people can take pictures. So there's going to be some pictures of David and SB petting the llamas, having fun with llamas. I'm pretty excited. For that. <laughs> oh, I'm not yeah, lie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, that'll be fun, man. Um, cool. So let's jump. Let's jump into it. Um, so yes, as, as we mentioned, Mana Trader started earlier this month. Um, have you guys started playing in it yet? I unfortunately have not. Uh, this is honestly news to me within like the last three days. I'm pretty sure I told like the group like a week ago. It was in the group message. See, but when the I open up the group chat and it says 279 unread messages. Ooh, you're gonna I, miss one or two. <laughs> I'm gonna miss one or two, <laughs> and I think this is one of the ones I missed. Okay, okay. seems what like a sick event, but. I mean, yeah. like, you've got all that downtime at the airport. Why don't you just scroll up those 200 messages? They fixed it. In oh. November, we don't got that downtime anymore. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. So I actually go in, work, and leave instead of go in, work for an hour, sit there for four hours, work for an hour. Okay, okay. So, it's, yeah. so you have an excuse. I, my excuse is the wedding. 
So I okay. uh, yeah, okay. 100% like, focus on that, and once that's done, and I'm happily wed, we're going to go into uh, Legacy Magic Some mode. hardcore uh, miniatures, Legacy. All right. What about you, SB? Um, I've started already. I've played four matches. Um, I am 4-0, so you know, we're really close to clinching it in the first ten matches. So for those of you that do not know about the Mana Traders event, basically the way it works is there's a qualifying phase where... Um, I think it's if you have a 70% win rate within 10 matches, you qualify. Uh, and then it continues on, right? So so you have 70% in 10 matches, 65% win rate with 20 matches, and then 60 with 30 matches, right? Um, so if you qualify, you then move on to like a Swiss tournament. Okay. Um, and this is uh, the second one that they've done for Legacy. I think the last one had like 150 to 200 players. It was a good turnout. Not bad at all. Um, and I played in that one. I think I, I qualified in 30 matches. Uh, and that one was a split of uh, Omni Show in Dark Depths. But for this one so far, I've I've been really hard into the Urza combo deck, the Urza Echo deck. It's been treating you well. Yeah, I, I love that deck. Um, it might be my new jam. Um, and when we get back into paper, I think that's what I'm going to be playing a lot of. Because uh, it's very explosive. It has multiple paths to victory. And it's pretty resilient. Like, it can fight through most hate. Um, there's just some hate that really can roadblock it. Uh, but otherwise, it's a great deck. It's really fun. Um, and I enjoy that. So right now I'm 4-0. Hopefully we can wrap it up in 10 matches and, and you know, qualify um, but let me ask you guys, like, David, I'm going to assume that you're going to play Tess, right? Or, no, no, Ant, Ant right? Ant, yeah. So you're going to play Ant. Okay. okay. I'm going to give Ant a try. Uh, I've been working on the sideboard a little bit here and there to kind of... I, I don't think it's a bad deck. I just think um, I'm kind of a little out of practice. I'm not playing it as tight as I should. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think I need some sideboard changes to... Sure deal with this meta yeah so you mentioned not playing as much i'm one of those players myself where if i don't play a lot or frequently i will find myself making a lot of mistakes so yeah i'm definitely at that point yeah so yeah, you gotta I mean, stay sharp we saw that like we're doing some in paper like games before cast and you you mess up some ponder some preordains yeah oh uh, so that game against you i never explained my mistake um I had two UCs, a Trop, and a Volk, and I used the Trop to Ponder, and the Ponder found me a Veil of Summer. So my take back would have been, I wish I used a UC oh, yeah, I to saw that Ponder okay. to keep the Veil up. And when you were like, yeah, 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 it's okay, you can take back your mistake, you thought it was me putting the Ponder back the yeah. wrong way? No, it was me not having green mana. Yeah, he taps, yeah. Yeah, because I had the double UC, and I, I messed that up. Yeah, but like that was against Black Red Reanimator, and the like, Veil is huge in that matchup. Yeah, I should have thought about Veil. I don't it's... think it would have changed the matchup. I don't think. Well, like it's that it turn it protects the hand disruption. Anything, yeah. but like I did pass the turn with a Veil in my hand and no green two. Yeah, that, that's fair. It, I I was lucky you didn't thought seize me, but I didn't have the option of not letting you. Okay, sure enough, fair enough. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, any sideboard innovations that you've made? In tuning the deck. I, I know Tess and a few other decks were playing like four, four sideboard Carpet of Flowers. Yeah, I've to seen that. Rug Delver. Like, is that something that you would include or no? Uh, I think that's more so on the topic of trying to go as quick as you can. Uh, if your deck's built to go as quick as it can, it doesn't have a stable mana base because of all the accelerants you have in your deck. 
So the Carpet of Flowers is to create a stable mana base against those wasteland decks. And it kind of pushes, like, it, like, invalidates a lot of, like, the, the soft permission, like, days, exactly. spell here, stuff like that. Yeah. So. But my uh, answer to that is I'm trying out 16 land in Ant, which is one extra. Okay. So I'm running uh, an extra island, uh, giving me three basics. So I have, like, extra more cards that I'm siding out in the combo matchups. But it gives me a much more stable mana base okay. uh, versus the rug. Uh, and with that, I'm kind of noticing Veil of Summer is it's still prevalent in the meta, but it's not, it's not as dominant. Yeah. So I was messing around with like a detection tower in the sideboard. It's the <laughs> land that causes your opponents to lose... Hexproof. Hexproof. Yeah. But... I see it as just, like, a not-needed force anymore. You can kind of, like, plan around the couple of Veil of Summers you're going to see in the If turn. you remove that from your sideboard, can you please add that one blue card? Tell me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so today, Sydney learned about a new card. What is it, David? Telman Performance. <laughs> uh, I was telling you a story about... Uh, I was playing a local uh, Miracles player, and he already, like, went through a couple of Snapcasters, so I thought, like, Coast is clear, and I go for the Telemann performance, and I got a Karanos out of his deck. So what does Telemann performance do? I don't, I like, as a person, like, today, learning yeah. about the card. So your opponent's gonna mill cards until they hit a creature, and then you gain control of that creature. So in a Storm Shell, I had that for, like, uh, the matchups of lands or an, another storm deck that I knew that they had no creatures that could mill them out. And I'd be using, like, funny situations against, like, a reanimator player or a show-and-tell player. And once in a while, yeah, I'd throw it at a Miracles player once they went through a couple Snapcasters. And, yeah, it's a great card. I miss it, but, like, I think you need to run Burning Wish. So, um, like, yeah. he didn't mention how much it costs. It's three colors and two blue it does cost a little bit, but like <laughs> you're running LEDs, you're running dark rituals, you can come up with the mana. No, I, I dig the spell. I've never heard of it. I saw like I looked at the art, I looked at the all the things that included in that card, and I was like, why is this not seeing more play? Because uh, it's not that great of a card. I think Rokini and Spencer ran in Ant though. Yeah, there were a couple yeah. uh, links because they played it a few years ago, but like now it can't be that great, right? Like I mean. Hitting an Uro off of it can't be very... Yeah, that would... That would oh, you, you're not going to bring it. It's a one of in a sideboard. Yeah, I think it's, it's too narrow to yeah. be played, but... Well, it, it's a gotcha card, for yeah, sure. When you had it in the Burning Wish combo, like... It was nice. Yeah. It definitely had some good times with that card. It's it's a great card. It looks it looks cool as, as hell. I would love to play it. Sydney's going to brew around it. I would want to play a Mono Blue yeah. with that. So, okay, so for you, for Mana Traders, you're playing Blue Red Delver? Yep. Okay. I mean, it's a staple. I, I know how to play it. I know, uh, like, my matchups. I know how to sideboard. Uh, yeah. Like How's the uh, Rug Delver matchup? Oh, it, it's, it's like they're 65% to win. Sure. They have... Ooh. So, yeah. that, so okay, so, like, you could almost make the connection, like, Rug Delver is, like, the Tess, or the Ant, and then Blue Red is, like, the Tess, because Blue Red, you just want to win fast. Because if they can get an Oko out and start gaining life or a row, like, it, you cannot. Like, it, it seems like it's very difficult for you, right? Yeah, like, what I've noticed is, like, Blue Red's more aggro, and it's more, like, just try to win as fast as possible, and Rug is more of a mid-range controlling deck. Yeah. So, yeah, if they're able to, like, 
cast in a row, get the triggers, like, you're going to be, like, outpaced. There's no way to really come back unless you have, like, a Pyro Blast or Red Elemental Blast sure. to kind of, like, stop it the first time around. But your mana's also a lot more smooth. It's weird, man. Like, it, it's it's so crazy. Whenever I played against my rug opponents, any rug opponent, they always have the perfect mana, and I don't I don't understand it. They're playing three non like, three color, no basics, and even with all my wastelands, they're able to, like, somehow always eke it out. And it might be just bad luck on my part against those opponents. Yeah. They always mm. seem to have the perfect mana. Jeez. Yeah, and I know, I've know i noticed that Rug Delver is starting to play, like, one island. Really? Yeah. I've seen some lists, and I know uh, one of our buddies, Gary Wong, played Rug Delver with an island at Eternal Weekend, and he hated it. Yeah. Mm. He hated the basic. But yeah. it is weird, because like, historically, like, Rug Delver is three trop, three Valk, and that's it. Yep. Yeah. I've seen the one island splash... Throughout the years, though. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, here and there. Gary had mentioned that it was a bad move. I think the mana, like, is, is perfect as it is. Like, they have enough fetches to get whatever they need. Regardless of the opponent playing Wasteland, they're still able to, like, yeah. push, push forward. Yep. Run Delver uh, remains the menace of Legacy. Yeah, and, really does. and if, you, if you look at some of the, like, 5 0 finishes or top 8 finishes with Blue Red Devil, you'll see that they're starting to play. Main deck Pyroblast slash Red Animal Blast. Deal with those. Like, Main board. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those mirror. It's crazy. Well, against all, the, well, all the rug that's out there. So yeah. they, they know that that's like the, the, the thing that has the, tar- like the target on its head. It's never going to be a dead card, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah. And I, I'm just going to play the Urza Echo deck for the duration of Mana Traders. Like, I, I didn't know so it. good. I honestly thought you were going to keep that a secret because you wanted it to oh, be yeah. like... Oh, yeah. Shit. All right, guys, forget about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, playing when, dark, I'm playing Turbo Ducks. Yeah, Turbo Ducks. Like, once when, when things start rolling into paper, I thought you were going to be like being able to play the stack and nobody would think you're on that, you'd be on that depth. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, well, cat's out of the bag, but um, <laughs> basically that, like, when we return to paper, like, I cannot wait to start playing this deck at tournaments. Like, I think it's so good, it's, uh, it's so powerful, and it's a lot of fun, like, you find those decks every now and then where it's like so fun to play, and this one is so fun to play. Like you, you're echoing and drawing a bunch of cards. You're making well. I, I think against you, Sydney. Like I cast a turn to sigh, and then made like eight thopters that turn. Yeah, and me being like real sheepish, I had a force of one hand. I'm like, what's this thing gonna do? And all right. of a sudden, like artifact, 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 pedal, pedal, LED, yeah, bobble, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like I can't. That's I can't what this does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, like the deck has got so many great threats, and like they're so different, right? It's very diverse, right? Like you have Psy, Narset, uh, Urza. Emery, which has like been an all star. I love Emery, and then Karn, of course. But yeah. the deck is just full of like must answer spells, and once you get one through, uh, you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, it was backbreaking when you had Karn and Narset, and then you wheeled. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, That's I, I draw one card. Okay, yeah, great. you draw one. Uh, but yeah, no, Urza combo is a great deck. Like I've everyone should it. check it out. That one league that we kind of played together, most of your scoops are just people being like, yeah, I have no more play against this deck. It's not you killing them. You get a lot of concessions. (laughs) It's just they have no more options. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Like, Mm, yeah, I've got concessions just like, so like, I think one of them was like, I cast Karn and then I tutored for uh, Liquid Metal Coating and then like the scoop, right? Because like you start strip mining their lands. So uh, when I started playing the deck, I felt like, you know, Mycosynth Lattice was the card, but oftentimes, like, Liquid Metal Coating is, like, 
really good at just closing out games because once it resolves and you start just like strip mining them every turn, like it's insane. So. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so yeah, we got mana traders. Um, anyone listening, you should definitely play in it. Uh, obviously, with higher representation, we're gonna get more events. Sure. Um, hopefully, Wizards does more stuff too since uh, Eternal Weekend was a, a huge success. Um, and then actually, I actually threw something on the on our little agenda at the last second because I was actually talking to one of our friends, uh, Anthony Hare, who was our guest last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night we were talking about magic. Obviously, every conversation like it, it turns into a magic conversation. So here's the situation he posed, and I wanted to, I want to give you guys his take on it. So he thinks the reserve list is good in the fact that it prices people out of playing the best deck always. So like, for example, standard and modern, the cards are pretty cheap, you know, like, and you can, you can buy them. So like with standard, right? Like there's three decks, right? It's like rock, paper, scissors, right? Like there's three decks and those are the decks that everyone plays. If you want to win a tournament, you're playing the Omnath or a deck or whatever. But like with legacy, like not everyone can afford Rug Delver, right? Or, or, or whatever, right? Whatever the top deck is, right? Because I think Rug Delver is like, what, six dual lands that are blue, so that's like a two grand or whatever. Yeah, that's expensive. But, so he was, and I, I kind of saw his point to an extent, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, and then also, I posed the question, even if you do have access to those cards, right? Let's say they did Secret Layer Volcanic Island, right? And you can get a Volcanic Island for a hundred bucks, right? Everyone would buy four, right? Like, People would get their dual lands for a hundred bucks a piece, right? Yeah. Would 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 people really play the best deck? Like I know for a fact, I'll never play Rug Delver in a tournament. I know you'll probably always play Ant. I'll probably play it once every two years. Yeah, but if you're going to yeah, but like if you're going to a GP and you had access to every card, do you really play the best deck or do you play your deck? Though, I think kind of Tony's perspective on it is it forces innovation in decks that aren't the top deck. Sure. So the person playing Death and Taxes, instead of buying out Rod Delver, they're forced to sit there and think, alright, what creatures can what creatures can actually put up a fight against this current meta, so therefore you create a whole bunch of tier one point five two decks. Sure. Which I think is good. Like um, we've always had those players that play the Jink decks with the new updated cards, trying to make it work. Exactly. I mean, I I think this query was like answered the last couple of weeks when we had Eternal Weekend, and you could pay the twenty five bucks, and you had all the cards of Magic at your disposal, and we didn't have. Rug, 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 rug everywhere. Sure. People play what they want to play, and that's what makes Legacy so amazing, is the fact that you're going to find the, the deck that you like, and you're going to play it, regardless of it being Tier 1, Tier 2, or 2.5, or 3. You you play the game you want to play. Like, this is that's what makes Legacy amazing. Like, even though it might not be the best in the current meta, it is, it's your jam. Like, as we were saying right now, it's right now, it's his Urza build. But if we... I don't know, erased history and just made Legacy a brand new format where all cards are absolutely free, I think the meta would be even heavier on the tier one decks. No, I, I agree with you completely. Like if yeah. it if if that's like if Legacy 
became standard, I, I probably wouldn't play it. Like, Same. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's the fact that people play these car, these older cars, these older formats, because there is some nostalgia and there is some some of these like game actions that you want to play. Like you want to play as many spells on your turn to build a strong count. Or yeah. I want to play like a fair tempo game meta or like SP wants to play a, like broken cards. Yeah. There's, there's aspects of it for everybody in Legacy. But like if it became standard, if all of a sudden these cards were just coming out, everybody had their chance of playing the top tier deck, they would like if it was standard. But even if we had this influx of newer cards and Wizard of Us was like outright gone, I, I mean, we could see a whole new influx of players, but I, I, we would still have these tier two or three tier two or three tier tier three decks. Wow. <laughs> like building sideboards to combat these tier, yeah. tier yeah. one decks. I, tier- I see that, but like in a lesser regard, if it was. I mean, it's thing. it's still a hundred bucks. Is it's still a hundred bucks? Like I don't think any yeah. like sixteen year old, seventeen year old, eighteen year old is going to be able to just drop three hundred or a hundred bucks times four. Sure. To build that uh, deck. I don't know. I mean, some standard decks are a couple hundred bucks. True. Historically, right? Like when we had fetches and stuff in standard. Um, but also, it's like, so to your point, right? Because I even brought up Eternal Weekend, right? Like the top eights of all three were pretty diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the full picture, right? Like I'm willing to bet that if we had the data, Rug Delver was probably everywhere. I bet. Oh, Same I as bet. Delver, right? I, I, I believe you. But also, like the other thing I presented to like Tony, and like I think Legacy is a different animal altogether in the sense that people play what they want to play. Yeah. We're also not as competitive, right? Like, granted, we want to win, but we're not crazy grinders that are, you know, cutthroat trying to, like, win at all costs, you know? Like, we're not trying to get on the pro tour or anything like that. And, like, we really want to enjoy the games we're playing, right? Like, I don't want to play Rug Delver. It's probably the best deck. I don't want to play it. I don't like it. Like, so I think a lot of players, and, like, I gave the example of, like, some of our local people. Like, you would always play what you play. You'll play a Your Delver deck. Yeah. Like, people like Tony Murata, he's going to play 12 posts regardless, right? Um, but I think that also creates an interesting environment where you have these specialists, these people that are so good with their deck that, like, they could get an unfavorable matchup, but they know the ins and outs, and they, you know, they can win. It doesn't matter, so. Yeah. And that's pretty much the concept of playing uh, a Tier 2, Tier 3 deck. Like, when I was playing Doomsday... I would play against decks that, like, I knew it was 70-30 against my favor. I played the matchup a thousand times. You played it once. Yeah. I have the advantage, even though I'm at a 30% to win. Well, and a big thing that happened was, right, like, you would play your Doomsday deck, and this was, like, years ago before Doomsday was really popular. You would go to a big tournament, and people did not know how to combat your deck. No, yeah. they would. They do horrible plays, terrible plays, because they did not understand how my yeah. deck worked. Exactly, and that's that's the case with like decks that are either on the rise or like under the radar. I remember when I first started playing Dark Depths in 2016, people would bring in like Graph Digger's Cage. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck is that for? Like, okay, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, all, what is? <laughs> all right, like, what are we doing here? What do you think I have? Yeah, so I think it, there's definitely advantages to playing, you know, that lesser tier. Yeah, but I don't know, like, I would be cool if they did, like, a secret layer dual lands thing or whatever. Like, I think the next challenge, though, like, if they did decide to do some reprints is, like, how do they distribute it, right, in a way that people could actually get it at a reasonable price? Yeah. But, I don't know, like, I, I at the end of the day, I think more people should be able to play Legacy, because eventually Legacy will become the, the vintage, right? Like, where decks are twenty to $30,000, 
Yeah. And no one can play it, right? And then we hurt, we suffer as legacy players because we have no one to play with. Yeah. So, 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 so let me get this right. So you're in favor of getting rid of the uh, reserve list. I don't know if I'm in favor of it, but like I see all the points to it that I would be okay to see it go. I'm not necessarily in favor of it dropping because I see it once it drops in 10 years after it drops, yeah. I see Lion's Eye being a 10 cent card. Wow, Lion's Eye. Card. Like if we got rid of the reserve list? Yeah, if we got the reserve rid of the reserve list, I think first we'd put a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and eventually all the cards would be like ten dollar cards. I don't know about that. Like, but on the flip side, if we don't get rid of it, like Lions Eye Diamond is gonna be a thousand dollar card in ten years. It maybe if they release a hey every five years we're releasing X amount yeah. into the market or something like that. A because the reserve list essentially is a promise to the customer base. Yeah. So maybe make a different type of promise on reprints. Sure. Promise us that you won't release a million yeah. new seats. Yeah, you can't. You, yeah, because you would destroy the market. And exactly. Like, I, I think like a secret layer thing where like, hey, for this duration, we're going to do secret layer, underground sea. It's 100 bucks a piece. Limit four, right? So if you wanted to get into legacy and have underground seas, you could pay 400 bucks. You have a place that. And then after that, it's not printed again for like another five years or whatever but like you're at let's say you're adding 10 percent more underground seas yeah you're going to prevent it from skyrocketing over the next few years right but you're also going to keep the format alive and get more players and yeah. i would appreciate it being like a known thing if they do the promise they're like hey in on five years we're this in this day we're releasing a thousand of each reserve list card yeah so you can still respect the secondary market and allow them to do what they're doing without losing complete faith in. I don't sure. know. It, it almost makes like having now a second reserve list. If like you say to the general public, "Hey, we're gonna release a thousand UCs," you got limit for it. People could like make multiple accounts and try to buy them all out. Sure. Knowing that in the end, there's only a thousand of these UCs when we don't know how many reserved, unlimited alpha beta UCs are out there yeah. and now all of a sudden these fucking secret layer UCs are now worth $500 $600 but would an influx or an injection of more copies so it spike all, the price you, it will only spike it will all depend on like who buys these things out like let's say you're a player that like missed out on the five year recycle of UCs and you're like holy shit I wish I would have gotten a magic one or two years before when I would have had this chance just like everybody here who kicks keeps himself thinking like I could have bought a fucking black lotus for three hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And now like now there's thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. It's 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 just gonna be the same thing. You you it, it does doesn't make any sense. It just yeah. creates another limited market. Sure. People are gonna buy it all out, they're gonna hoard it, and that's what creates yeah. this this price increase. Sure. So unless you say, All right, now UCs are uncommon but lands and you <laughs> no. get like your draft packs. <laughs> But yeah, so like that, that the the next, so it's like a, like a multiple. There's multiple facets to the issue and like yeah. multiple problems, right? Like, how do you distribute them without, cre you know, opening up the opportunity for abuse and stuff? And it's tough, right? Because if you put underground season like a master set, the master set's gonna cost like hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a box, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna gonna be ridiculous. yeah, it just becomes like another like chase. Like it, it becomes ridiculous. They try to solve it with the, the triomes. Which, yeah. which I, I, I would have I hope that they would have seen more legacy play, but 
coming to play tapped is like it's is too a bad. hard thing. It's too bad. That's brutal. Yeah. yeah you can't but, do that. But yeah. like it's it seems like it's a better dual land. You yeah. got a try land. Uh, but it comes to play tapped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think it'd be nice if they reprinted the duels in LEDs and like Mox Diamond. But I definitely agree with a reprint. But I they have to respect the secondary market in some shape or form. But if they do respect the secondary market, it's just going to try to keep the value of those secondary markets, whatever the originals, up high. Which, like, just I put mean, really fucking ugly art on the new ones. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't done, like, horribly. Like, Force of Will is still a $100 card. But it gets reprinted every printed. couple years. Yeah, but it's still a $100 card. It's like 60 70 bucks now. Uh, the original is like 110 For the alliances? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's reserved now. Well, what happened, like, Rashad and Port? Yeah. Rashad and Port was, like, used to be a $100 car. Yeah, like, same with yeah. Wasteland. Remember, it was yeah. a $120 car. It was a ton. Yeah, Port's, like, a $20 card now. Yeah, so, like, yeah. when you're saying that it keeps the price, it's not... Depends on the card, yeah. It's not going to keep the price. It's going to drop it. So, I think, like, I, I do want to see more players into Legacy. I really feel like it's going to go in the way of, like, I think standard or modern players... We'll get bored of those formats, sell out of modern and standard, and invest in the legacy. I think that's that's yeah. the, the natural progression of getting into legacy. That's what I did. That's how the game was designed. Yeah. Essentially. You realize that standard is a dying format every two years, and that if you want to play with these cards and have any retaining value, you got to go into these older formats. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so it's crazy. So we have five unique printings. I'm not counting like the, the extended art force, right? Yeah. Because it's in the same set. Like there are five printings of Forcible now, Damn. which is pretty crazy. That's yeah. And it was originally an uncommon. Yeah, it was an uncommon. <laughs> but crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like obviously we could probably talk about this forever, but it was an interesting discussion, right? Like, is there some good that comes to the reserve list? And I think it allows Legacy to not get. I mean, it's tough to solve it because the pool card pool is so diverse. Yeah. But people are priced out of just audibling to like the best deck, right? Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I think people love playing the decks they like to play. So you're not going to have too many converts. You're always going to have the Gary Wongs and the Rock and Box that like will always play the best deck. But yeah, and, and like you can always make the budget friendly decisions when you're first playing Legacy and playing Shocklands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the two life will lose you some games, but if you want to play the format. Buy a shock land and work into it, and work into it. Eventually, you win enough tournaments or save enough like dollars, get yeah. a tax refund or whatever, yeah. and you'll be able to buy yourself a duel. When I first started playing Legacy Reanimator, it was blue black, and I played four underground seas. Yeah, and I had two underground seas and two dark slick shores. Hell <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works, right? It worked. <laughs> it works. It worked. Yeah, it's fine because yeah. you only really need to fetch one or two. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, if there are budget friendly options where you can get the shock lands or other alternatives. And you can still play semi-competitively. Yeah. And if you're just playing F&Ms or, or like other legacy dudes around your neighborhood, that's that's fine enough. People will make like, okay, that's fine. That's a UC. You can search it up. So like, let's play because we just want to play the game. I don't care that you have the original thing. Also, uh, one thing, like, if you are taking the natural progression of magic of playing standard and then moving into modern or legacy... You've already played Magic enough to realize what mechanics you like as a player. Yeah. So going into Legacy, you don't have to buy the format. You already know your flavor of Magic, so you can build upon that. 
And sure, you lock yourself into a couple decks, but yeah, you already kind of know what flavor you want, so you brew and whatnot within Legacy of what you like. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that, like, if you look at the, all the Legacy decks, there's really maybe 15 to 20% of, like, high-value cards. The rest of the cards are not that expensive. Yeah. 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 So you play the budget alternative until you can buy the stuff. And there's a matter of pride once you actually are able to have a fully sleeved, like, 100% legacy deck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's an accomplishment for sure. Yeah. So, like, I think there is some something to be said about, like, being able to, like, here's my fully sleeved 100% legacy deck. I worked, I did these trades, I got the stuff, blah, 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 and you have these stories to tell as opposed to a standard where you just, like, where I pay 50 cents for the next... Yeah. Even yeah. then, mythics are still like a hundred dollars, like yeah. a row sixty Ugh, bucks. Jesus Plus, like standard, you're kind of forced into playing what the best decks are. Like you don't have yeah. the ability to be like, oh, this is my play cell. I want to play. That. You play what's good. Yeah, the card pool's not wide enough. Yep. And standard seems like a dumpster fire these last few years. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, so moving on, moving on. We're talking about legacy here. Um, the next thing, like I know it's been what like eight months since we played Paper Magic. I know all three of us yeah. are registered for the hundred k mm-hmm. in April of two thousand twenty one. One, do you guys think it's going to happen still? Um, and then two, like, how excited are you for, like, another big tournament? Uh, I'm pretty excited. Like, I want another tournament to happen. But, like, I'm a pessimistic optimist. So, like, I'll assume it won't happen, but I'd be really happy if it does. Okay. So, I kind of see it. I'm not, like making travel plans for april already yeah but i i kind of feel like it might not happen what did you, you call yourself a what a pessimistic what? Op- optimist. optimist so i'm an optimist pessimist so you're gonna think it's gonna happen and, and then but prepare for the worst yeah okay so like i'm excited i think it's gonna happen i'm hoping it's gonna happen but i'm preparing for the worst and that's why i'm not making travel plans that's fair but i'm not demanding a refund because i'm hoping that at it when it finally comes closer to that date even if there's no vaccine people are like all right you got to wear a mask blah 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 wear the stuff yeah just like if you're going to any like grocery store right now you can still do the same yeah. things yeah i have a full-on gas mask for magic events so i have an like, i'm ready yeah. i've a, a <laughs> got my paper uh disposable masks no, I've, I've got the stuff i use at work and it, it's 100 percent like keeps me safe yeah. i'm gonna have to get you to get me one or i'll have to buy one off you or I, I get you i got some at the house um so it's funny that you mentioned like there's actually a term for what you described like it's called the stockdale paradox where you're aware of the situation you're in but you're optimistic that things will get better mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's kind of like how you survive like in shitty situations yeah i see it like it's best to have a hope and work towards one of these way. fucking days we're gonna get to play paper match yeah and I, I think that would be a great like time because april is far enough in advance where even if like there's still not hope we can create contingency plans of people wearing masks like you won't be allowed in the convention center without being like your temperature red with the like uh infrared thermometer, yeah. and yeah. then you have to wear the mask even then you could like okay well, whatever bring your hand sanitizer don't touch your opponent's deck and play, and then at the end you like you still got to hang out with your buddies. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Look, I remember the excitement of when the hundred K went live. Like all of us Everyone. were like a group chat. I think it was like 10, 15 of us were like, "Do you register?" Someone's in a meeting. I'm gonna register for them, right? And like it's a two hundred dollar entry, and I think Dan Ford like signed up for, like four people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it. I'm looking forward to it, but I 
I think there's a good chance we might not be able to play in April. So. Yeah. But when we when we do, oh my god, like it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Great. Um, like I like we missed so. It's going to be great again. Right? We're going to make magic great again. <laughs> 2021. So Sydney and I uh, have, like, our birthdays are a day apart. So almost every year we have GP Vegas the weekend of our birthday. So, like, our birthdays are August 30th and August 31st. Nice. So, like, even this year, GP Vegas canceled. But, like, oh, my God. when they Once it's safe and we're able to go out again, it's going to be fucking crazy. Like, Turnouts, I assume, are going to be huge. Like, we're going to be so many players. Everybody's going to be yeah. so excited to start playing Paper Magic again. Finally get out of the house. Get out of the house, for real. Um, anyway, so, I think we're optimistic. Of, uh, I think we're kind of undecided on April. No, so there's two pessimists, one optimist here. You're the optimist? <laughs> I'm the optimist. I think it's going to happen. I hope it does, but I, don't. I, I think it's too soon. That's five months away, and we're already in the middle of, like, the second wave. Yeah. Wasn't the Spanish thing a three-year... No, so like if you look at historically pandemics when they ran its course through the population, it took eighteen months. Okay, so technically April of twenty twenty one is slowed it down with the quarantine. It doesn't matter like what you do; it's it's still going to burn the population. If things open up by summer, I'm down. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you guys remember how naive we were at the beginning of the year? We were like, yeah, once summer hits, like the heat is just going to burn up the virus. Yeah, It'll be gone. Yeah. We were like, I'm in Arizona. We're good. It's like, here we are. We're still fucked. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot, like, it's one of, uh, one side of the coin, of the two-sided coin. You can get it and nothing happens to you. Or you can get it and then you are wrecked. Yeah. And I've seen those people where you get wrecked. I mean, I remember having it, getting a call where I had to go to an ED and the guy was not going to survive. And they wanted to transfer to a bigger hospital. Mm-hmm. And he, like, I looked at him, he, he was not stable enough to transfer. He was, like, saturating, like, 50% when you should be at 100%, just on room air. And he was on a breathing machine, all the stuff. Talked to the intensivist and the ED, ED docs, like, he's not going to make it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to, like, make the 15-minute trip. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was this like an old guy or something? No, and that's the thing. He was like 39 years old. And he died from COVID. I left before he died. I don't but he died, pretty much. There's a 100% chance of him dying. <laughs> but so yeah. like, and, and the only thing is like, it has to do with like, comorbidities and like your genetics. Like he was overweight and hypertensive. And those are some big issues that you have to deal with and your body overreacting to this disease. So... I mean, it, it, it has, the virus doesn't care who you are, what you are. It, it can wreck you or not affect you. Some people have like just had like a stuffy nose for a day and been fine. Damn. And that's what's so uh, dangerous about this thing is that some people get it and nothing happens to them. And some people get it and they die. But if you're our president and they, they give you millions of dollars worth of treatments yeah. that no one else has <laughs> access to, you're good, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, just have millions of dollars in your bank account. Yeah. So when you get that bill, you're able to just like, all right, I survived it. No, no big. It wasn't hurt. that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I had all the doctors on my side. Right. right. Anyway, yeah. Like, ho- hopefully, we we can get back to some magic soon. Um, but so so those of you that are listening, you also got a little bit of a what is it, Indo or what did we learn about just now from your medical stuff? What? I don't know. We learned some pandemic stuff here. Some of the medical stuff that Sydney just shared with us is very interesting. Oh, the virality of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, so uh, we're not just a magic podcast. <laughs> we are uh, a healthcare podcast, too. If COVID was a magic card, what would it be? Would it be Wrath of God? <laughs> no. 
It'd be Phage the Untouchable. <laughs> What's Phage the Untouchable? It's the one if you don't cast it in interest play, you lose. <laughs> if you don't like, cast if it, you gain control of it somehow, you or if you, yeah, if you show and tell it and you die. Yeah. Why? I've never heard of this card. Sydney. Phage, Phage, Phage the Untouchable. <laughs> it's such a good card. I would think it's more like Plague Wind. Okay. Okay, I, I see. I like that. Or Pyroclasm. Or well, co- like, Calling the Weak. <laughs> well, the Plague Wind is that like you have to have these certain things for it to work. And when it works, it's devastating. So, so Phage is a terrible card. Uh, oh my god. I it's a great card. <laughs> it's three colorless, four skulls, four black mana, four, four, four. When it enters the battlefield, if you didn't cast it from your hand, you lose the game. Whenever Plague deals combat damage to a creature, destroy that creature, can't be regenerated. Whenever play deals combat damage to a player, that play, yeah, it's perfect play. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. do we like play like Rogue's Passage with it and make it uncounterable? Like you can't block and just kill? If you didn't cast it from your hand, you lose the game. So you have to cast that thing? You have to cast this. How, dark, seven minutes. Dark, dark, dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Dark How do you know right? this card? Did you play it ever? <laughs> uh, back when I was like learning magic, Dan Ford had this card. How did he cast it? Probably didn't. I, I think it was like. Wait. A so if you red. hold, hold on, hold on. If I Telman's performance and hit this, <laughs> do you? Do, you I lose. die. You lose. This yeah. is my tech against him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you bring in Telman's performance, I'm gonna have faith in my deck. Yeah, just a one up. That's Floated the on the top of the yeah. brainstorm. It's the only. <laughs> that is great. What would a plate wind? What? Plague Wind. Plague Wind, that's your, that's your, uh, panda, your uh, COVID card? Yeah, I think so, because like, the, there has to be certain conditions to be met for it to be devastating, if not... Uh, not really. Destroying oh. all creatures you don't control, they can't be... <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was like Avatar of War, where you had to have like, creatures in the yard or something like that. Mm. For nine mana, okay, yeah. So Plague Wind is a one-sided wrath. Maybe it's Dread of Winter. I don't, I don't know. Well, we already passed the summer, so we did pass the summer. I don't, I don't know. I think it's oh, Phage. Phage is great. <laughs> I like Phage. Yeah. Phage, new card, two new cards today. Either you die or I die, but someone's dying. <laughs> someone's yeah. dying. Um, cool. Game over, one way or right, another. Right? Exactly. It would be fun to maybe play that in like Commander or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously not a good deck, but it would be fun. Um, cool. So let's talk about some tournaments really quick. Uh, there hasn't been much, right? Obviously, so we had Eternal Weekend, the last cast that we talked about. Yeah. And then we had uh, Mana Traders just started off, right? So that'll be fun. We'll have we'll be able to talk about that in a couple weeks. Um, but it looks like we had the last Legacy Challenge took place today. The results Ooh. are already up. Um, what do you think won? Uh, is there a is that a question like rhetorical question? Do you actually like uh, Rug Delver? Yeah, Rug Delver. obviously. So, <laughs> Rug Delver won. Um, doesn't look like there's anything too interesting with this deck. It looks like a pretty standard. Pretty standard. Goyf is coming back. This this person played the, the creature packages for Delver, for Dreadhorde, standard. And then it was a 2-2 split of Hooting Mandals and Tarma Goyf, which seems seems solid. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to see Goyf starting to come back a bit. Um, I mean, he's the best vanilla creature out there. He's really good. Um, I like Aether Gust. <laughs> yeah, I had to look up Aether Gust. Like a, that's like a standard playable for sure. It's a standard, sure. like, perfect cyborg card. Um, yeah, pretty straightforward deck, though. Um, nothing too special there. Second place was another... 
I think this is the uh, control. So there's no delvers. Yeah, there's this no is a, the rug stifle deck. Okay. Uh, there's two ladies. Yeah. So I've played this a bit. This is kind of a popular deck online. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I'd pick rug delver over the rug stifle deck. Stifle is okay. It can be great. It can be bad. So yeah. Hey, that's why I got second. It's right? still a it good lost, run. But... It lost to the better deck. Uh, and then we had Snowco in third. Again, pretty standard. Uh, yeah, nothing special here. Then Elves. Uh, Elves made two appearances in the top two eight. Appearances. Uh, Elves is definitely in a good spot right now. I, mean, I think Elves is just good at beating the Delver decks. Yeah. So. He can uh, beat the meta decks. Like right, exactly. It's kind of like Hogak. Like, Hogak just crushes Rugged Over. And here's the Blue Red Delver In fifth, you've got the Blue Red Delver list. Anything you see that stands out for you, uh, Sydney? Well, I told you, like, they're starting to play main deck Power Blast, and he's got the one of, and then on top, in the yeah. sideboard, he's got some more, he's got a Power Blast, Red Amount Blast, and that's just to go against the, uh, Rug decks. Yeah. Do you have you played with like the Sprite Dragon and the Forger? He, I I've not played with the Forger, but I played with the Sprite Dragon. The Sprite Dragon is gas. Yeah. The no, fact that good. like if you Oko it, it still has the counters is, is amazing. So oh, if it's you're a able, big boy. able to like just get one or two spells off, it it eats out the other elks. Yeah. And, and you then can't contend to it. The Forger is the Ethereal Forger. I think it came from the Commander. It was like a. Is it was a Commander? Yeah, it's Commander. Yeah. It's a Commander card. It's the. Uh, it's the Whale. That's uh, a six drop, two blue, four colorless. Uh, it has Delve. Um, it's a flying three three. And then whenever Ethereal Forger attacks, you may return an instant or sorcery card exiled with Ethereal Forger to its owner's hand. So if you delve away a bunch of like sorceries or instants like Lightning Bolts, Brainstorm stuff like that. You can return them to your hand when you start attacking with this guy. I like him. I want him to be good. Um, it's like Delver 5 through 6. Yeah, that's hey, not just, bad at the all. The 2 blue is hard. Dub's blue. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm moving on. we got the other elf stack. I think it's pretty standard. Allosaurus Shepherd has definitely brought new life to this uh, this uh, archetype. Yeah. Other than that, pretty standard. Yep. Nothing too special. Um, I know for a while... Lists were playing Progenitus because if you get Progenitus out, you could just like clock Rug Delver. Uh, so one of the one of the lists in the habit did have a one of Progenitus in the sideboard, um, but it looks like Crater Hoof is the uh, is back to being just like the, the, the win con. Have you had a Nels player hard cast Progenitus against you before? No. I have not, but I feel like you have. I definitely have. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's a feeling. <laughs> it's just like Bertrand Ranger and a bunch of elves to make all the different yep. colors. Yep. And they sit there for a good 5-10 minutes making all the mana, but... Oh my god. They'll make it. That's crazy. Um, and then 7th place, another Rug Delver deck. Uh, it looks like... Ooh, actually, this is... A, it's not interesting. Um, but So their creature suite is just 4 Delver, 4 Dreadhorde, 3 Young Pyromancers. So it's kind of like the go-wide uh, value strategy. Yeah. Um, and then it looks like the green is just for Oko. Yeah, he's such a good card. Just for Oko. Oko's yeah. insane. Yeah, he got a Sylvan in the sideboard, but yeah. Got that library. And then the obvious Clothis, the God of Destiny, which is a sideboard staple. And then lastly, a Stoneblade that finished up the top eight in eighth place. And it looks like Skyclave Apparition is here to stay in Legacy. Card is great in Death and Taxes. It answers Oko. It answers Uro. It answers a lot of like the problematic permanents that like typically White can't deal with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Stoneblade deck. And, then, and I know Sydney was playing Stoneblade for a while, but I think you've come to the realization that Delver decks are just better. No, I, it's not that. Like, Stoneblade's great. It just, if you want to play long games of Magic, you play Stoneblade. So if you want to play in an FNM, you get all the Magic out in the world. But if you want to play in a longer tournament, you should really, like, know that you're going to invest 25 minutes on your MTGO clock on playing Stoneblade. If you play Blue Red Delver, you'll have, like... The clock is not a problem. No, it's not a problem. It's more of a Magic deck than a Gathering deck. Did you say? Yeah, because you can't gather if you go to time every round. Yeah, you can't gather. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's more magic. If you want more magic, play Stoneblade. It, it, you, it's like, again, like playing John in Modern. Like, you're going to play long, grand yeah. matches. Your opponent's going to be happy, win or lose, because they they played to their outs and you were just able to, like, outplay them. And then again, like, Sky Skyclave Apparition was, was insane in that deck. It's such a great card. Yeah. Have you picked yours up in paper? I've got two in paper. Okay. Yeah, it's a great card. Yeah, that's really it. good. Cool. In the last tournament we're going to talk about, uh, near and dear to David and Nice Hearts, because we've yes. played here, uh, it's at Haruya in Japan. Oh, I miss that show. Oh, it was so fun. So, like, I won't spend too much time on it, but I remember, so we, when we went to Japan two years ago for GP Shizuoka, yes. David's like, hey guys, on Sunday there's a legacy tournament at Haruya. It's the 12 Gods of Legacy. Like, we're going to play now. Okay, whatever. There's like 300 fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> Just there a little pop up right? legacy tournament. It's like, wow, I want to live in a world where I can go to a legacy tournament on a Sunday and there's 300 players. Yeah, that was an insane tournament. So I gotta ask you, it says like second place is elves. Yeah, and there's only seven lists. Maybe listed. the first place person got DQ'd. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I didn't realize. I just noticed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, who's, what, who's the winner? I don't know. So Elf's got second. Elf's yeah. got second. Congrats, Elves. We'll call you the winner. Okay, so and here's the thing. I like the Japanese list because like usually they have interesting like Yeah. Oh there it is. Regal Force. They have Regal Force in the main board. That was in another list. If you go to the other one in the uh, Oh they were running Regal Force in the other one? Yeah. Go to Elves. Go to Elves. Number three, I think had Regal Force. There's Regal This Force one does. Yeah. Yeah, number Wow. Awesome. Regal okay. Force. Okay, okay. Yeah. That is an interesting one. It's just like a glimpse on a stick, kind of, because you just draw a bunch of cards when it hits, uh, or when it uh, resolves. Not the worst. That's interesting. But I guess if you have a bunch of guys and you just need to refill your hand, it's not terrible. Um, nothing else too crazy. Um, yeah. And then color. third, fourth, four color control. So Snoko. I like painter making. Painter. Appearance. See, this is the cool stuff. Oh, wow. I'll make sure too. This uh, is an interesting painter list. It's got Emery in it. So it's like a blue red. Like, is it painter? Is yeah. it painter? Oh, like a it is painter. Artifact. There is some yeah. painter in there. It's totally painter. No, but you didn't get the, the joke. Like, is it the blue red colors? Oh, <laughs> Is it painter? <laughs> um, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> It's got Cabal Therapy's main board, Intuition, Pyro... Wow. Thirst for Knowledge. Okay. Transmute Artifact. Uh, this is a Tony Hair deck, big It's time. got... This is definitely a Tony Hair deck. No, like Doretti. What is that one? Doretti's the one that like makes copies of artifacts. Yeah. yeah. That's in that? That's a four-drop com- commander card? This is weird. Yeah. Crystal Vein. Like, I wonder if that's just like a, a budget move there. Yeah, they didn't have the... Uh, they, yeah, they have two Ancient Tombs, one City... 
Um, I mean, it's a huge, but like it's two dollars versus two hundred fifty, or one hundred fifty. I think the city's like one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty. Jeez. Um, wow, this is an interesting painter list, and it's actually running painter. Oh no, never mind. Uh, wow. Um, wait, where's the grindstone? Other, other. Okay, there it is. So, yeah, this is a weird list. Maze Mine Tome. I've seen this played in like some of the it's post decks. It's in standard. Wow. Like this is a very strange list. Um, Hogak. I don't think there's too much innovation that you can have here. It's pretty straightforward. Oh, they played Seder Wayfinder, which is not too common in these lists. Hmm. But it's kind of like another uh, Stitcher Supplier. Yeah, good mm-hmm. stuff. And then you have two Omni Show lists. Ooh, one has a Eureka. Oh, God. I don't <laughs> think Eureka is very good. But... I mean, is it not your fifth copy of Show and Tell? It is, but it's two green and two colorless. Eladomri's Call. and the, Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the second list is running the uh, Arkham's Astrolabe package with Teferi. So it's a bit, a little different, but it's like Bant, uh, Bant uh, Omni. How much is Eureka in paper? It's like 400 bucks. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Eureka is like a ton of money. Five. Oh. It says five thirty, but you, oh. you might get for like four fifty. Plus, yeah, there's you need an Italian version for cheap. Like yeah, exactly. Four hundred bucks. Oh my God. And then uh, Rug Delver finished out the top of here. I, I wonder what one. So spe- real quick, I know it's not legacy related, but speaking of which, uh, where there's a winner that is no longer present, Eternal Weekend, the vintage player that got DQ'd. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, African collusion. Yeah, the winner of the Mishra's Workshop Eternal Weekend. He got DQ'd. I heard about that. Yeah. Wasn't it like his last Swiss round? It was his win and in. Mm-hmm. I don't believe his opponent can make top eight based off of breakers, but yeah. he could. And he asked them to scoop, and then like they discussed stuff about like prizing splits. But the opponent happened to be streaming. Wow. And wow. someone that was watching the stream screen grabbed everything. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty crazy. The dude. I think. I think the 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 winner was playing Doomsday. Obviously, he lost though, and he lost that sweet uh, workshop painting. But damn, yeah, you gotta be careful who's watching or listening. And, this, and as the saying goes, right, it doesn't pay to cheat or something. Is yeah. that a saying? I but I think like the, it doesn't the, cheat to pay. No, I think there was like a matter of contention. So like a moto, you could do that, right? Because a moto, um, they're not the same. Like in paper, like rules. Yeah, I think there might be some slight variations to the rules, but like it's a high stakes event, and it's like collusion or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you I mean, offer your opponent some prizing, I, I don't think you can yeah. do that in paper. I don't know what it is in motive because I haven't... Yeah, there's some ruling around it, but... Uh, yeah, I got, I got DQ'd. That sucks. That does suck. Probably should have just played it out in one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had your win in it. You could have won. Well you could have actually just won. Yeah, right? Exactly. Cool. Um, so I think we're going to wrap up with some Commander Legends cards that, yeah. we, that we think might be playable in Legacy. What you got first on the list? Um, so the first one is kind of like the cycle of the courts. Um, these are the enchantments. There's one in each color, and they have different effects. But essentially, when they come into play, you become the monarch. Um, and then in your upkeep, there's an effect that happens. Yep. Uh, the effect is amplified if you're still the monarch, right? So, like for example, the one I, I really like is the Court of Bounty. So it's two green, two colorless. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. 
If you're the monarch, instead, you may put a creature or land card from your hand on the battlefield. So, as you can see, it has a pretty solid ability, but if you're still the monarch when it comes back around to your turn, the, the payoff is even better, right? Yeah. Um, so, my question to you guys, like, do you guys think that monarch might become a more common thing in Legacy? Because right, right now, we typically only see it with Palace Jailer, right? Or like yeah. Queen Mar- Marquesa, right? Yeah, it's a very rare mechanic we'll run into. Um, I think the courts are decent, though. I know the comparison's been like, well, Oko's just better. Sure, Oko's Oko, but... You can't elk a court. True. (laughs) Uh, And I think before this cast I mentioned, like, the Eureka Tell, which, like, haha, Eureka Tell, but, like, in a shell that you can just put up a whole bunch of protection and then just start dropping... I think we need uh, Tony to weigh in on this. Yeah. Our 12 post player. But, like, I think this has a spot in a beefy creature. List. Yeah, I think this could be good. I mean, I asked you prior to the cast, like, what home will this card find? And you said 12 posts. I'm like, okay. But in 12 posts, they don't have enough, like, creatures or defense to, like, keep the monarch that turn. The maze of it. You got Glacial Chasm. They have their couple. And this is a turn four card. Like, with two green, that's pretty hard to do for 12 posts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what about like a lands deck where you're like turn one Mox Diamond, turn two in a land or exploration? Yeah. Because even in to... lands you can drop this on turn two. Yeah, but you're going to keep Monarch. I feel like this will be cast on turn three on whichever deck is Sure. Right. Yeah, I think in lands is great because you can still play an extra land so it's an exploration, but like I, the whole idea is like how do you keep that Monarch? It's yeah. Because you want to have that backbreaking effect of like putting a creature like an Emrakul or something ridiculous into play. True. Lands doesn't play much of any creatures. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how these courts, like, if play they out. see any legacy play. But yeah. I don't know. There's a ton of Monarch cards in this new set. So no, maybe Monarch I, becomes more prevalent in legacy. I agree with you that I think uh, Wizards or Watsi is going to, like, push Monarch. And I, I, I hope that we see more of it because it's a cool effect. I just don't know if these are, like, legacy playable. I think sure. people are going to play with them, see if they're any good. And Monarch, for sure, is going to be pushed more by Watsi to, like, see more in-game play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's also tough, right? Because you have cards like Ice Fang Quaddle, where it's, like, cool, you play your Monarch card, at the end of your turn, I'm going to flash in the Ice Fang, and then I'm going to attack you, and I'll become the Monarch. Yeah. yeah draw a card. True. Great, you get to play next land so, or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I, I thought the courts were pretty cool. Um, the next card, and I think we're going to, like, pair kind of both of these cards, because they have similar effects. Uh, the two cards are going to be uh, Hull Breach and Opposition Agent. Who wants to take this one? I mean, you had mentioned Hull Breach is an incredible card. I like the fact that it's a Merfolk, and then Merfolk can like start seeing more play. And it's backbreaking. Like, off of Brainstorm, they get to do, uh, do two treasures. Yeah, they well, you get two treasures, they put two cards back. Yeah, and they draw one card. Brutal. But if they Brainstorm on their turn, they draw zero. They draw zero. And you do three treasures. Yeah, so it's two colorless, one blue for a 3-2 flash. Uh, if an opponent would draw a card except the first one they draw that uh, for each of their draw steps, instead you create a treasure token. Yeah, I mean it's great because you have the Lord effect, so you can, you can it's already got a 3-2 body attached to it. You make it a 4-3 or a 5-4, it's like it's a big beater and yeah. you can in, invalidate a lot of their plays that they're trying to do. And I mean, you can't forget the subtypes. It is a pirate. I mean, merfolk <laughs> pirate. So it could fit in that. 
Merfolk deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, a, there's a tribal private deck out there. Pirate that, tribal, <laughs> dude. I'm going to try to around. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think this goes into Merfolk decks. Um, but I think it's just a good card. And then, like, so the good card we kind of talked about it pairing well with and potentially being, like, a, a Tier 2 deck, right? Like, uh, Opposition yeah. Agent. Uh, you want to take this one, David? Yeah, uh, Opposition Agent, uh, two and a black. Uh, it has Flash. It's a human rogue. Um, you control your opponents while they search their libraries. While an opponent is searching their library, you can they exile each card they find. You may play those cards as long as they remain exiled. You may spend mana as if it were any color to cast them. So, yeah, with this and having Flash, I definitely see like a blue-black type of Drago control deck that punishes you on any interaction you do. Yeah. You try to cantrip, we're going to steal those cantrips. You're going to search for a land... We're going to steal that. You splash in an ocean thief in there. You get a whole bunch of flash beaters with really cool side effects. I even see like some V clicks yeah. going in that deck and just like a really heavy blue black control. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Like, I like both of these cards and I would love to play a weird flash deck like it. Where, yeah. like, like you said, you have V click, you have these two creatures, you have notion thief. It's like. And they're all, they're, I mean, they're decent bodies, right? Like, so the opposition agent's a 3-2 as well, and the notion thief is a 3-1. Yeah. Like... They can put some damage on the board. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. a clock, and also they're very disruptive, like... And I think Sydney's talking about scheming symmetry with this. So, like, when I saw this, I got really excited, because I wanted to build a mono-black build with this guy, uh, Ashiok, uh, the one where you opponent can search. search the libraries... And uh, Dark Ritual, Thossies, and Scheming Symmetry. So the fact is that you can turn one Dark Rit, this guy, into play at instant speed. And then on your turn, Scheming Symmetry. And then you can search out the best card in their deck. Yeah. Or And the best card in your deck. And you both get it for free. Like, it's incredible. Like, I, I really wish and I hope to build a mono black build with this guy. Yeah? That would be sweet. So isn't this like a non-bow, though, with uh, Ashiok? Because then you don't get to search. No, I think it's... I, no, uh, Scheming Symmetry, like, with Ashiok... Well, Scheming... Scheming yeah, with Ashiok is good, but Scheming Symmetry in this isn't great because then you don't get the opportunity of, like, searching for the land or whatever. It's just having, like, two of those effects. Okay. Multiple ways of preventing um, your opponent yeah. from searching. Okay. So, like, on turn one, being able to yeah. play this guy or the, or the Ashiok is, like, backbreaking for an opponent because they have Force of Will. Yeah. I personally would do a blue-black deck... Because yeah. I like Hole Breacher and I also like Notion Thief. But yeah, I think there's going to be some really fun brews with these de- with these Flash creatures. Oh, so. definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's like my old style before I started playing with Storm. I played uh, Drago. I'm like, this would, this would be This a lot is of fun. basically that. Like You're yeah. playing on your opponent's end step. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I think these two cards are really, really cool. Um, and I think they will see some legacy play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the next card is Wheel of Misfortune. Have you guys seen this one yet? I haven't. I've seen it. I've no. seen it. So it's one red, two colorless, and it's kind of confusing, so I'll read it slowly. Each player secretly chooses a number, then reveals those numbers. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the greatest chosen number to each player that chose it. Then each player who didn't choose the smallest number discards their hand and draws seven cards. So basically, like, it's a weird Wheel of Fortune where you have to bid life to get the wheel effect. 
Interesting. So, like, let's say you're at five life and I'm at ten life. If I cast this, obviously I bid six because you can't bid more than five, right? Yeah. Or I bid five. Because I'm not going to kill myself. Yeah. I'll take five damage and I'll wheel of fortune. That's pretty interesting, yeah. Especially in a red shell where they're going to be bolting and being yeah. red against you. Yeah, I can see this being pretty decent. So I think it's a cool card. Yeah, I Not see. Bad. I see, like in a mono so red, it's like, like a good card. Burn spell, uh, especially if you're able to like do damages in in like groups of three. If you're able to get your opponent down to like thirteen, you're still at eighteen. You can pay thirteen life because they're not going to have anything else. Yeah, and they're not going to pay that much. No, I think it's decent. I think it'll again. I think it will see fringe play. Yeah, and some Jake brews, but I think it's kind of a cool card. I like it. Obviously, this next card is not going to be Legacy Legal, or even good in Legacy. Well, it'll be Legacy I mean, Legal, it but it will be unplayable. Legal. Absolutely. I mean, I guess it would help out with getting uh, Metalcraft. There we or go. Or Affinity or something nice. like that. Nice, yeah. Let's see. Um, but of course, we're talking about Jeweled Lotus, uh, the latest iteration of Black Lotus. Um, so basically what it is, it's a zero drop. Sack it to add three mana of any one color. Spin this mana only to cast your commander. So the reason why we're touch talking on the, about this is... It's just a good card. Well, it's a good card, but does this mean that there's a possibility for us to get other variants of this? Where it's like, the mana can only be used to cast creatures, or instants, or sorceries, or enchantments. Or companions. What if they did this only To, to put it into your hand? Yeah. Or to put it in your hand, yeah. Yeah. Lurus would be back. <laughs> <laughs> he would be. Definitely. Um, it's not a bad card. Uh, I think free mana is just way too good of a concept. Um, it'd be cool if it happens, but like, do you ever think there's going to be a Lotus Petal or a Spirit Guide for blue? No. Yeah, like, if we're being realistic here... There's no way they can make one of these for a different set, like Legacy, or, or that has something outside of a commander thing, right? Yeah. I I feel like in any deck that would be able to run four of whatever is printed instantly... It'd be insane. It'd be absolutely insane. No, like, I I bought this card, pre-ordered it, I'm excited to have it. I know some commander people are not going to be happy that it's viable in the deck, uh, but... I like. I think we had this discussion. Like, what if it was zero casting artifact and then add two colorless? And you said it would be auto include. Yeah, I would include that one hundred percent. Two colorless. It'd be insane. Yeah, you can then like shift your deck into different things, uh, using more of the two drop rituals that produce more mana. You just don't use them because they're two drop rituals. Yeah. But if you have a zero drop that gives you two colorless, bro, show me I can shift one. into the two drop rituals over. It would make so many decks so much better. Yeah. Because like, look at turn one island, the two drop, you know, the two colorless show and tell. Yeah. Or dark depths. Thespian stage turn one, dark depths turn two. Pop this lotus, you have Merlish. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah the, the two colorless is huge. So I mean, I think this just like shows that I think Watsy might push into those realms. They just want to watch it all burn. <laughs> yeah. I think they're like trying to reprint newer cards that are not on the restricted list. That will sell packs, and I think this is like the first showing of like, yeah, they they don't really care about the reserve list, and they're just going to make newer cards that have similar effects but not the same broken effects. But they're going to be 
constrained on there. Like, like we in talked a about format there where you can play them. We talked about like as your drop that has three, three of any color for instant or sorcery. You said that's so playable. That'd be right? so that's stupid. So, It'd so be insane. Good. Yeah, that would be too good. I could see them doing that, but they would just like it would get banned. Like yeah, it would be too powerful for like. But who bans cards? Wizards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they printed it. They've been printing a lot of cards that they banned pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. I thought the people that banned it is the people that live in Seattle and put signs in front of the wizards. Yeah, you put <laughs> the ban yeah. and top yeah. or convince me otherwise guy. Uh, I think that like they will start pushing more of the, the envelope and uh, start printing these cards and, and watch formats kind of burn and then after all the packs are sold then they will ban it. But I think like we're it's like gonna, a cash grab. It's a cash grab, I think. And this is what this card is doing is they they really wanted to have like a, a the one card that chase rare. Oh yeah. Well, I mean they have really good like you got Mana Drain reprint here. You got Vampiric Tutor. Quite a few good cards. But yeah, this is like. Yeah, this is not bad. This is like the chase like stupid dumb card. Yeah, that know? every like I, I'm I mean I pre-ordered it and I got it for my commander deck my mono red perforos. You're a bad person. It's it's a one it's a one of a hundred cards, so it's not like I'm gonna have it every turn. But it like it's nice sure. to have it in there. Oh, I bet it's yeah. nice to have it. <laughs> um, but so I think it's safe to say that it would not be good if Wizards printed anything else like this. That that the mana was restricted to like instant sorcery, enchantment, artifact, whatever. No. Like it's just too broken. No, I think the commander clause is the only clause you can put in to make it. I and I I think that like the optimist card. in me thinks that like. They're gonna reprint more stuff like this. If they reprint it, I I'm surprised they even made this card. That's the optimist side yeah. of you. That's the pessimistic side of me. Being no, like, I really hope they This is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I, my whole deal is that I think they're gonna start again, like the cash grab. Like we got to make a new card in Commander that like we'll see some legacy or some vintage play, and they're just like we don't really care about this formats. So we want to sell these packs, and you're gonna have. But legacy vintage players don't buy packs. So that's the thing, right? Like we don't buy a lot of packs, but um, you you buy the singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, yeah. and the market dictates what those singles are worth based on how many packs you're selling. Yeah, I don't know. I think. You think this is the only? This is the only like the only iteration of let's say powers that could come to fruition without yeah breaking the game completely. Okay, yeah. let, 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 let's let's try to like talk about what if it was a one colorless artifact. Sack it for three mana. Would you still play it? Fuck yes. Oh, like, how would you not? They didn't print something like that. What about, okay, let's 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 do <laughs> one colorless artifact. Sack it. Get two colorless draw a card. That's insane. That's even better than the three colorless. <laughs> That's much better than just the three colorless. That's I insane. That. I, I I foresee something like that, man. I think That's it, like so much better than Astrolabe. Doomsday <laughs> would be brutal. Two, okay. Yeah, we're missing our tournament draw. I, I, I feel like they're going to start like pushing those type of cards. I hope not, because then it makes magic just a matter of, like, did you draw your bomb? Who drew their bomb? Yeah, I don't want it to become Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what I don't, I don't want it to be that, but, like, with this, like, mm, and, like, some of the, like, the, the tri-lands, like, the, or even the, the, what are the dual, like, flip lands. Which, honestly, Oh, the, the ones from Zendikar? Yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. Where you can choose one side or the other, like that was pushing like the envelope. Like, all right, dual lands, we're not going to print up, but we're going to make this other card. That's almost like it's not fetchable. Well, the mythic ones are not fetchable. Yeah, the, the ones, other ones are. 
The ones that you play either side? Yeah. Those are fetchable? I think they are, right? Are they not? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. Have you seen those, David? I don't think so. It's a it's a dual land, but you like in your hand you can pick one or the other side. So it's like a forest or a mountain, yeah. and you can fetch it. And no, you, I don't. I don't think you can fetch it, but it, like in your hand you can pick one or the other. Where's the interesting? And it come. You think you've not seen these? Wow. Where's the Zendikar? I don't. I don't know what like set they were in, but like it was Zendikar. It's, it's like it's in standard right now. It'll uh, be the top. It's not though. Well, actually, no, it's going to be... Where is Zendikar Rising? I, I love the fact that, like... Does. I thought David were... has not seen these cards yet. David doesn't care about these you cards. You know can't play, they, how can't I play learned Storm. about new magic cards? Here it is. They are not fetchable, okay. Yeah, so show them the card. So, like, yeah, like, one side is island, one side is mountain. Oh, okay, okay. So they're not fetchable then, so they're not, they're not that great. Okay. No, but, like, that's pushing the, like, the, the, the idea of, like, a dual land. In... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know how I used to learn about new cards? Playing against them. PJ would play them against me. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I need to read that card. <laughs> what does this card do? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's it's very safe to say. I know you're optimistic, Sydney, but a black any type of a Black Lotus thing... It's just too too insane. Too no, I agree with you. Like I, I'm not like I. I didn't think they were gonna reprint another Lotus effect, and they did. And I was like, what the fuck? Four commander. But yeah, it's a pure cash grab. Yeah. Cool. It's it's still printed. They made it. Wizards fucking wild like that. <laughs> Yolos. Yeah, right. Yolo. They don't give a fuck. Um. Anyways, um. Was there anything else we had to discuss today? Uh. So like yeah, I mean we talked about like the new things like uh. Yeah. I think we're good, man. Like, yeah. I, I know we had a lot of, like, newsworthy things, but that's not on the podcast with the, the, the elect and the election and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll talk about it. Uh, if anyone wants to see us actually, like, stream paper magic before we cast, drop us a comment or something. It's a lot of gear to bring over, but if you guys are interested in that, I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Come back in two weeks. Yeah, Check us we'll, out. We'll see you guys in a few weeks. Uh, later. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. Stay the legacy, bros. Legacy, bros. Legacy, bros.